If you are ready to live grounded in a deeper sense of life's purpose, meaning, and direction, then you are in the right place. Welcome to Transform Your Life, a Unificationist podcast brought to you from our studio in Westchester County, New York, 15 miles north of New York City. We share insights and talk with knowledgeable guests on how to cultivate positive mental health and emotional well-being in the midst of cultural confusion and social unrest. And now, here are your hosts, Jack and Idris. Good evening, Dr. Kone. Hey, Jack. How are you? Very good. It's very well, good to see you. Welcome back from your trip. Thank you. It's very good to see your face again on Zoom. Yes, likewise. I guess, we, ju- I guess we just gave an advertisement for Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's get right to it. Tonight we have an important uh, subject. Uh, they're all important, but this is particularly timely and important. And the title of the episode tonight is Can Suffering Make Us Stronger? Mm. I don't know if you heard the news recently, but in the past week, three well-known Asia media personalities, one mm. from Japan, one from South Korea, and one from Taiwan, mm-hmm. died within three days of each other. They were all 36 years old. Uh, At this time, the media is uh, is reporting there's no link between these three deaths. However, mm-hmm. it appears that all three deaths were through suicide. Mm-hmm. So I I, I was really uh, you know very moved by this, and I, I couldn't help but reflect what kind of suffering these people were going through mm-hmm. at uh, the height of their careers, mm-hmm. and that they would be in such suffering and such pain that that they would feel like they wanted to end their life. Mm. So that's why I thought tonight's topic is, is very timely in these unfortunate circumstances that, that were recently experienced in this industry. Yeah, especially when you come down to suicide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm. So I think uh, perhaps it might be good to give a working definition for our discussion about what we mean by suffering and what we mean by pains. So they're oftentimes used interchangeably. Yeah. So I think it would be good for us to, uh, to, to just have a, a working definition for that. So I would say that <clears throat> suffering relates to our attitude mm-hmm. towards an experience that we're having in our life. Mm-hmm. And actually this is different than pain. Mm-hmm. Pain is an experience that can prompt us to suffer. Mm-hmm. So in other words, we can be in pain and suffering, yeah. or we can be in pain and not suffer. Okay. So the experience of pain is not always avoidable. For example, you can stub your toe and it's painful. You know, you, you had an accident, you can't avoid it. Mm-hmm. However, we can choose how to react to the pain in this example of our stubbed toe, right? So in other words, they don't, they don't always go together. You don't yeah. automatically, if you're suffering, you're not automatically in pain. If you're in pain, you're not automatically in suffering. There's an, an, I think we've talked about this previously in, in regards to choice. Yeah. So I think uh, we could use those working definitions as, as we get into this, this whole area of understanding suffering and, and, and our response to it. Yeah. You know, I do want to share a quick uh, story of an Indian Jesuit priest and psychotherapist, Anthony DeMello. He's known for his storytelling, drawing on ancient traditions of both East and West and African traditions. 
And he tries to illustrate this issue of our response to suffering in our life and the different ways in which people see their suffering. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to quote here a, a short little few sentences. A certain master was asked by his disciple, what has enlightenment brought you? And the master said, before enlightenment, I used to go around depressed. Mm-hmm. After enlightenment, I remain depressed. Mm-hmm. So the, the difference here is that suffering means letting yourself be disturbed by some experience that you're having. In this case, it was depression. That's mm-hmm. suffering. Mm-hmm. Suffering means letting oneself be disturbed by pain or in this case, by depression, or by anxiety. So I think with that framework, I want to open it up in our discussion tonight about this issue of our response to suffering and whether it can make us stronger or whether it makes us weaker or what it does to us. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to open this up for you to uh, wherever you'd like to start with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you made a good point uh, about the definition itself um, by putting it into perspective. Um, Basically, um, suffering and pain, um, it's hard sometimes for people to uh, dissociate both word and... But um, to go in the same line as you presented it, pain is real. Uh, it's real, and um, you know we cannot avoid pain. It, it's part of life. It's the other side of the coin. I mean, it's kind of a you know life and pain are inseparable. Mm-hmm. But suffering is a little bit can be oriented toward how you are looking at your pain. Right. What kind of um, meaning you're giving to that pain okay so if your interpretation of your pain is can can even give you hope can even give you maybe um, a deeper understanding why you're going through through that pain i think it it actually takes you away of course it might be both ways you know, if your interpretation is pretty negative, so um, then, of course, you're going to start suffering more. But if you and your interpretation of that pain is positive, I think you can actually even uh, grow through that experience of pain. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that make in, that make the definition of both words into perspective here. Um, now, it's important for us to to actually, um, you know, from, from the other side, is that really make us stronger? Pain, does pain make us stronger? Well, you know, there are two kinds of pain, okay? Um, there is one that you decide to do. Like, let's say you want to work on yourself. You want to lift up some... some uh, <laughs> weight. Some, some weight. And then mm-hmm. at a certain point, you feel like it's painful, right? Right. And then you go on, no pain, no game, you know, no pain, right. no game. But yeah. So in that sense, of course, um, basically you gain something, it gets you stronger. Now, let's take that same principle into the relational 
framework, mm -hmm. you get hurt, right? What do you do with that pain mm -hmm. when you get hurt? Right. Do you overreact, blame, attack, or do you reflect on yourself? You become stronger when you reflect and you know, but you become weaker when you blame and attack somebody else for it. Mm -hmm. So you don't actually grow from that experience. Okay. So it's the same thing with the mental, the challenge with the mental uh, realm. If you study well, and then you challenge yourself to a certain extent, then you're going to grow. So now, that's different than actually people perpetrating pain on themselves. That's another different matter. Mm -hmm. And maybe we can get into that later. Sure. So I'm going to just uh, put out there for us, for people to understand what really makes us grow. is basically our attitude toward pain. Yeah. I, th I think in the case of these, uh, the, the, this past week, these unfortunate uh, circumstances with these three media personalities in Asia. Mm -hmm. I mean, if we were to, let's just try to uh, be empathetic with those three cases that just recently happened. Like mm -hmm. what, what I, I didn't know, I only knew them through reading about them in, in the article yeah. and seeing their picture. I didn't know them up until then. And the, and then there were media uh, people like yeah they people. were they were i mean they were, they were in uh, they were performing artists oh performing artists and the actors actors and singers yes mm. so thinking about what in in the context that you just laid out looking at their lives and and looking at what they were experiencing we don't we don't know the details we just know the end result for them the mm. choice that they made like the way in which they were understanding their own pain mm -hmm. and their, their response to that pain brought on a certain suffering mm -hmm. in their life. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. And, and uh, the most difficult thing about that, mm -hmm. reach a point where you lose hope. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's what lead people into um, uh, into a kind of tragic uh, end ending mm -hmm. um, because people lose hope. Um, they believe that um, there is nothing better. I mean, there is nothing worse than the kind of life they're living right now. Mm -hmm. So they rather take their life. Than, than continue living this kind of life. But reality is, you know, I, I understand what the, I, you know, I don't know exactly what they probably, they were probably going through. Right. But um, <clears throat> what I can say about, um, I can actually say about this kind of uh, extreme uh, decision-making about taking your own life, uh, sometime, people who reach that point, they're, they're even forget about sometimes people around them who love them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's, the, that's even the most painful part of it. 
I think you bring up, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. To reach a point where you actually will make a decision that will probably uh, um, make other people around you go through some kind of suffering and, and grief is really, um, it's really difficult because in reality, more you love, more you grieve. Mm. Okay. Uh, you know, more you love, more you grieve. So, you know, love has something to do with also attachment to another person, emotional attachment, admirations and caring for another person. So losing that person or even, even having the idea that you're going to lose that person will take you through a grieving process. Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an important point because, um, of course, when we're, when, we're, when we're in the midst of our own pain, mm-hmm. and when we, if, we, if we respond to it in an in a unhealthy way, mm-hmm. then the suffering we experience can tend to bring us down a road of being absorbed with ourselves and self-centered about what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. But everybody who suffers or everyone who has pain, it's not an isolated thing, right? In other words, it, you're, you're not just experiencing this as an, as an isolated individual that has no connection mm-hmm. with anything else in the world. Yeah. You have connections to, you were mentioning your loved ones. You have connections to your coworkers at work. You have connections to your neighbors. Mm-hmm. You have connections to the larger world, the hum- humanity itself. Yeah. So suffering in a way can be also defined as a loss of connection, right? Yeah. Really a, dis- a disconnection with with those other realms of your life. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just, um, you know, you, we, we got to look at two ways, you know, in terms mm-hmm. of connection or disconnection. Mm-hmm. Uh, depending on what you're getting connected to or what you're getting disconnected to from. Uh, let's say when you are a baby, when you people born, they look, they're actually naturally um, trying to get connected to the, to the loved one, which is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the loved one connect to them. That's a major part of our life. But also on the other side, we start getting attached to things around us. We start getting attached to mom, to dad, to brothers and sisters, to right. things, to ideas, to mm-hmm. money, to work to anything and um, a certain point in life we have the we have the feeling that those attachment to all these things around us are things that will probably uh, satisfy our emptiness Mm -hmm. and then we miss the point about the connection which is not actually about things and people Mm-hmm. It's about connecting to the deeper soul. Mm-hmm. Or what we call our true self or our soul, or if you want, you know, in a religious term, uh, spirit. 
So when we miss that and then we seek that outside, like, okay, maybe by finding a better job, I'm going to feel happier. By getting more money, I'm going to feel happier. Or becoming a star, right? Yeah, becoming a star, I'm going to feel happier. Getting a beautiful wife, mm -hmm. you know, girl, I'm going to husband or maybe a muscular guy. And then we get that and then we feel like something's still missing in our lives. That's the connection part. Mm -hmm. Because we, miss, we misunderstood connection and attachment to things and people. Yeah. And then when we get that to that point and then we don't, it's not clear in the mind. So that can be very devastating. Yes. But reality is when we start understanding life and then connecting to our deeper self, so we start getting, we will now detach from, naturally detach from anything out there that is not really providing us the happiness that we're looking for. So it won't, in other words, it won't, it won't take on, it, it won't take on the same significance that it, it once did. Yeah, because really mm -hmm. life is about first attachment and detachment. Mm -hmm. Because that's what, that's what death is all about. Mm -hmm. Death is coming on our way as a teacher to teach, to let us know that at a certain point in our life, we have to let go of everything, including our own body. Mm -hmm. It's hard. Because when we're growing up, baby, we have the impression that we are our body, and then we don't dissociate ourselves from things that we get attached to, even ideas. Mm -hmm. that we get so attached to. So we have the impression that with, without this idea, I am not, not, I'm not anything. Right. And then we even fight and go to war for ideas, you know. <laughs> and then suddenly, at a certain point in our life, we realize that, oh, you know what? All these, we got to let it go. It's passing by. It's not who I am. I mean, I work as a chaplain, and I've seen people dying and then when people die, you, you realize that something is happening. They come to a certain realization that, you know what? What is really happening here? Mm -hmm. I am losing everything. Right. Except me. I think this is what spirituality you know, teaches people. You mm -hmm. may remind us who we truly are so that we can learn to let go of before we reach the real moment. So in that context, I mean, that's a very, very beautiful way that you stated that. Mm -hmm. the, the issue of, you know, uh, in, in the U.S. anyway, Jack, I don't know if you heard this Dr. Kevorkian, he was Jack Kevorkian, he became famous, I think it was in the 80s, where he started assisting people to die who were in great pain and mm -hmm. suffering and wanted to end their life. Mm -hmm. And it's called, some, it's called, it's been known as euthanasia, it's been going on since the time of the Greeks. Mm -hmm. uh, in contemporary life, it's called right to die. 
Mm -hmm. you know, with dignity, this kind of thing, right? So in terms of the meaning of suffering, as we've defined it tonight, suffering is a, it's an attitude about something that's happening to us that can be accompanied by pain or not. But what what would you there of course when this phenomenon came out with Jake, dr kovorkian of course he he was you know people wanted to put him in prison because he actually was helping people die and mm-hmm. some people said well no you, he shouldn't be in prison for that this is some, this is an adult who's asking this for this assistance and he's a bona fide doctor and yeah. they have signed off on this and there's several countries now there's that allow this to happen where you can you can uh take a drug and you can just go to sleep and not wake up. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and people make decisions, you know, for that, mm-hmm. wanting to go through that process. But um, where, do you, where do you come down on that? How do you see that whole uh, phenomenon and that whole issue in terms of morality and ethics? Well, uh, I mean, the, 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 you know, what is ethical in, in you know, it's, of course, you know, you know, argument, you know, people can have different views about what is ethical, what is not, depending on what cultural background they come from and what kind of religious practice they have. But when it comes down to uh, life and death, um, one thing is major. People have the right to make their own choices. Mm-hmm. Okay. You like it or not, um, it is their own choices, you know, and you, usually we have to learn to respect people's choice. Okay. And, um, and I think this is very important. If they reach a point where they say my suffering is too much, or if you want my pain is too much, I don't know if I'm going to even make it at all. Some people are 80 years old, some are 90 sometimes. They're going through like some kind of, you know, cancer and they're not even sure. I mean, there's little hope that they will even leave. So what is the point of just leaving somebody out there suffering for a year when you're sure that they're going to, you know, and then prolong it for another six months when you know they're going to die anyway? Well... I mean, I have I have a response to that. Yeah, and that would that would be that it brings up the issue of the whole. What we're discussing here is the meaning of yeah. our pain, mm-hmm. which can be accompanied by suffering. And the, the case that we're talking about here, it's obviously not just the pain and suffering of the person, mm-hmm. him or herself, who is asking to be, to be put to death, but it's also involving the family. In some religious traditions, uh, suffering is said to be a process in which the person suffering and the people around them are supposed to be learning something mm-hmm. and understanding something about themselves yeah. through that pain and that suffering. Mm-hmm. So for someone to say, you know what, uh, I don't really care about that. I just care about ending the pain. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing for me to learn here. I'm I'm looking at the obvious. The obvious is I want this person out of their suffering, mm-hmm. so I'm going to end it. And they've agreed to it. 
Yeah. So well, there could be an argument made there that this this becomes yeah. quite problematic in terms of, you know, it's one thing to say, well, everybody has to, everybody's choice has to be respected, and now science makes this possible legally and yeah. and 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 with very little pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was very painful, poisons could be taken, yeah. and you, you know, there was very it was, it was a violent shaking of the body, and yeah. but now you can just take this pill, put it, take a little medication for your stomach first, which coats the stomach, so that when you drink the poison, that you actually don't have any adverse reactions. You just simply go to sleep and you die. Yeah. So what about the issue of a family that may, might needed to be learning something? through yeah. taking care of that person who's suffering, even through a prolonged illness. Mm-hmm. And that, yeah. and that, and that, so go ahead. Once, first of all, you know, because you mentioned, you went back to the issue, you, you raised an ethical matter. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. In that context, of course, yeah. people's voices matter. Right. Because you don't want to take that dignity from them. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, we're not referring to a person who's doing pretty physically fine and uh, might live maybe f- 50 years or 60 years and then suddenly is so mad because they lost all their money from uh, a kind of uh, business and then they go and take out their life. That's not what we're talking about. No. We're talking about somebody who's on his deathbed and it's clear that he's going to go. Now, in conjunction with his family members, they make a decision. Okay? Well, okay, it's going to happen. Uh, I want to go because it's going to happen anyway, and this is how I choose to go. I think at that moment when the person is in the, in his, on his deathbed, we have to give the latitude and the respect to their words. That's their words. Their last word about how they want to go we got to respect that. I think that's what is ethical. But to be the devil's advocate here, some people would say that you're playing God. No, you're the, you're the one deciding. No, I mean, you, you the, I'm, so nobody, playing God is deciding over another person's life. Well, exactly. Well, that person's yeah. deciding, I want to end my life. Yeah, but so this dead, is the, I've decided this is my time to go. I've yeah. decided. Well, they, they decided because it's going to happen anyway. Well, you know, so it's just a matter of timing, right? <laughs> so they decided because they know there's no other option. It's going to happen. It's just a time of timing. You know, I, I will, in the, the dinner is eight o'clock, but I will probably eat about seven. It's fine, better. So, <laughs> so I, I think, I think this is what is, um, that's what is uh, mostly uh, important about, ethical matters because when it comes down to ethical matter you have to look at the context the circumstances Mm -hmm. what is really going on there and and one thing that you have to remember is when people are in terminal phases and situation like that their word matter definitely Mm -hmm. their word matter and we have to learn to value people last word when they are leaving this world okay well that's a yeah that's a good point this this is a continue this is a, a you know sticking a few points in there because this is still a contentious issue with now, the, now with the, yeah now if the person can say anything 
they can talk, they can do anything, and they did not prepare, they did not prepare the write anything before if I'm in right. a situation like that. Right. So then um, then it's part it, it will be the love the person who loved them the most will have to make that decision. Yeah. Because in reality, it's not easy to see your loved one in pain. No. It's not an easy matter. I know people that are very close to me who have told me that they do not want to become a burden like that to their loved ones and they yeah. they don't want to be kept alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. let's say uh, we we're, we're uh, unfortunately under the clock. We have a few minutes left, but I wanted there's a couple other issues revolving around the subject of the suffering make us stronger. Di you know, different religious traditions mm -hmm. seek to provide meaning to suffering and to help people go through it. Mm -hmm. So you 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 have a uh, your in your formative background was in the Islam faith, Islamic faith. So what does Islam say about suffering and how a human being should approach suffering? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to speak, you know, broadly about mm -hmm. Islamic, you know, worldview on mm -hmm. the issue of suffering. It's a philosophical view, a theological view, per se. Mm -hmm. um, he said that um, basically anything that happened to you on earth, should, it's supposed to happen, actually. So what is happening to you, God, actually, the creator of the universe, Allah, allow it to happen so that you can learn a lesson. So there's no, there's no asking why in, in that case. No, the why God allow it. That's the why. So And because he's all-knowing, he's omniscient, omnipotent, and he knows why he allowed that suffering to happen to you. So the individual practitioner doesn't need to ask that question to God. Why is this suffering upon me? Yeah, because you got to learn a lesson from, uh, from it. Mm -hmm. and, um, and there's no other, you know, the lesson you learn from it is, is what God wants to teach you. You will certainly realize by the, by the time you take your last breath. Mm-hmm. So you are not suffering because other people are making you suffer. You're not suffering because it's unjust and unfair. You are suffering because God allowed it to happen for a deeper reason. Okay. So in that case, mm -hmm. it gives you a perspective about life. Right. I think that's a that's very, uh, very important point, and that is that uh, if we don't have whether you call it a philosophy or a theology or a, a view, yeah. if we don't have anything in place in our life to provide an interpretation to give meaning to our suffering, and we simply just try to respond to it, but not really knowing what to do with it, then uh, I think we, we run the risk of, of not really ending up in a good place where we, we, we might become more depressed or anxious or we may become bitter, we may become angry, we may become fearful, we may become anxious. Uh, for example, some people believe that their suffering is an undeserved curse. They didn't, they, they didn't deserve the suffering. It shouldn't yeah. have happened to them, right? Exactly. It wasn't, it wasn't, so, it, it's, it's not fair. And this, yeah. this, this, this causes people to become resentful, to become angry. Yeah. 
So that's the power of religion, you know, mm. because a lot of millennials, you know, throw the baby with the bath water. Mm-hmm. Because religion also is about giving meaning to life. Right. So it helps you look at beyond what is happening. And I've, I, you know, most people who are deeply involved into some kind of spirituality have the strength to actually, um, you know, use their pain as a sacred gift to heal the world. Mm-hmm. I think that's very powerful. How their suffering and pain, if you want, can be actually used in a way, presented in a way that it can be a healing experience for others. Yeah, that's an actual, that's a, that's a spiritual attitude which requires practice, right? Of course. It's <laughs> happened. Yeah, I mean, Just, through, through experience, right? Yeah. 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 It takes it takes it takes a lot of uh, self-reflection, um, deeper. Um, I want to use the term prayer uh, here, which means going, you know, you know, meditating, so that you actually, you know, go back within yourself and understand that you are just a drop, just like a kind of your life is. N- it's just a, a drop of uh, water in, mm-hmm. in, in the ocean. Right. Mm-hmm. That you're not the ocean. So the problem is many people are so, so um, you know, inv- you know in- involved with their own pain that they, they feel like this is the only thing that is going on and, and there's nothing else. But when you can look at from a larger perspective, from a universal, from a, from beyond universality, so you will, you will see that I'm just, I'm just small here, mm-hmm. and and I don't have to actually. I can use that to to actually make the world a better place. Yeah. Well, I can speak from personal experience about looking at my own suffering from the point of view of that I was the center and there was nothing else. Of course, right. And I, I can testify that that interpretation of the meaning of my suffering did not provide good outcomes for me. Exactly. So, well, I want to hit a couple more points before we conclude. We're going to be coming up on the conclusion shortly, but I'd like to, to talk together a little bit about how how can you be with someone who is in deep suffering. And number two, mm-hmm. how can you be with someone who has caused you deep suffering? Hmm. You can That's speak okay. to that a little bit. Well, I, you know, I wish we can even, the second one, I wish we could talk about it another time because we that's can. in itself, <laughs> that in itself is a whole, uh, you know, session. Mm-hmm. But the first point, um, you know, is, how can you be with somebody who's in deep suffering? First of all, people, we have to understand that um, suffering, pain is, I want to use the term pain, is universal. Mm-hmm. Okay, pain in, is universal. And, um, and uh, when someone is in deep suffering, we naturally, there's something about us that also, you know, you know respond to it. It's called empathy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's having 
the capacity to actually um, feel somebody else's pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, I think this is the most important thing that, that, that a human being can learn in his life. Because if you are insensitive to another person's pain, in reality, there is something missing in your humanity. Mm -hmm. So if we can teach people to actually um, connect when connect with another person where they're going through deep suffering, they can feel it themselves and they can actually experience something that is called the universality. Because you know what? You can actually connect with the suffering of the world. Because right now, there are people who are actually suffering out of hunger. Mm -hmm. Some people are going through some kind of illness that they can never cure. Some people are being, right now, tortured. Mm -hmm. And some people are being raped. Some people are being deeply physically abused. So that's what is really going on in the world. And being able to actually connect with the suffering of the world, I think is a higher level of consciousness. Dr. Connie, there's so much more that I'd like to talk together with you about for our listeners tonight. But unfortunately, we've come up on the clock once again. And our show is going to come to an end. I want to thank our listeners for tuning in tonight on this very important subject and timely subject. Can suffering make us go stronger? How do we process our pain so that the suffering we experience can be minimized? One thing I've taken away from tonight is that whatever, we are, whatever kind of pain we are experiencing, it's not an isolated individual matter. We are connected to other people, even going back generations. We're connected to different spheres of levels of relationships. We're never alone. The empathy we can gain through practice to have the capacity to connect with the suffering and pain of another person, including ourselves, will give us the strength and give us the power to go through whatever pain it is that we are experiencing so that we can come out of it stronger and a better person and a more compassionate person. And once again, thank you. All of our listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you again next time. Good night. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe so you can be notified about any upcoming episodes. And please take a moment to leave a positive review on iTunes or wherever you're listening and share it with your friends. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website, transformyourlifepodcast.com, for previous podcasts. And check us out on Facebook and Twitter, too, at Transform Your Life Podcast. Join us next time for another edition of Transform Your Life, the Unificationist Podcast. This has been a PR web design production. Thanks so much for listening.